In today's video, we have partnered up with Hamilton ETFs to talk about two of Canada's fastest growing ETF selections in HDIV and HYIELD. Now, first thing that jumps out to you guys if you come across these funds is the 9.68% yield on HDIV. This is the one giving you your Canadian exposure. You'll often see this fund married up or complemented with HYIELD for US exposure. This one is sitting at 14.25%. Some of the highest yielding funds that you are gonna come across in the Canadian scene. Now, although they have graciously sponsored the video, I wanna go through and ask the deeper questions. Talk about things like total return, one of the slights that you'll hear when it comes to investing in these products. We're gonna go through a deep dive into the fees. We're gonna do a full on overview of these products and ask the question, is it too good to be true? I wanna give you guys the tools, the information, so you can make the decision of whether these funds are suitable for you. So hopping on into my screen here, we're gonna be starting off with HDIV, which is the Hamilton Enhanced Multi-Sector Cover Call ETF. This is the one that focuses and aims to kind of replicate the Canadian market. The ticker that you'll be looking at is right here on the TSX HDIV.TO. If we take a look over at the max chart, you will notice that both of these funds are relatively newer. So we don't have that much track record to look back on. We're gonna talk about that more in a second, but we see that this fund was essentially incepted in 2021. So newer, but very fast growing. Today you can get your hands on these shares for about $16.50. 57 cents per share or per unit. We're actually going to hop over to this website, which again, will all be linked down below if you'd like to check that out. This will give us a lot more details. And I'll start by saying this, although these funds are newer, these are known as what are called funds of funds. They aim to give you exposure to multiple sectors of the Canadian market and US market, which we're going to cover later with HYLD, but by investing in other funds, it's like a fund built up of other funds fund of funds and although this fund the kind of upper umbrella if you will the package is newer if you actually go down to the holdings what you'll note is that these are some of the funds that you very well may be familiar with as an income investor you know bmo covered call etf that focuses on the banks we all know how popular that is you have some harvest etfs you have names scattered across from different producers and these funds in and of themselves are not necessarily as new so you do have track record to go back on although the inception date does say 2021. So that is one thing that I do think is worth pointing out. But to dive into HDIV for a brief moment here, again, we have the beautiful 9.68% yield delivering you more income every month. Both of these funds are monthly distribution payers, very good for those seeking frequent cash flow, maybe more so than just, let's say, quarterly dividends. We see here a highlight, HDIV has outperformed the TSX 60 by 4.58% since its inception. Again, a shorter sample size there, but again, we are gonna be diving into the total returns and really taking a look at that in just a moment uh, towards the later part of this video. But this one pays a essentially a 10% yield. And here it says a portfolio primarily sector covered call ETFs with a sector mix broadly similar to the S&P. Now it's not a one-to-one -one comparable with the S&P, but the concept is that you're getting exposure that you similarly could get by investing in an S&P TSX fund, excuse me, but of course, putting the priority on income. Now, one of the ways they do this, as with a lot of these other covered call uh, ETFs, Harvest being another one that we've covered on the channel, we do see a 25% modest amount of leverage to help enhance that. This will come back to play when we talk about fees. But right here, I think this is really what I wanna highlight. Who is this good for? Well, this is good for somebody seeking attractive monthly income. This is really what it's all about. You know, you can always go out and buy any type of fund out there and they all have their different priorities or their different strategies. The name of the game with this one, as we can clearly tell with the 10% yield, this is for people that want that yield. This may be great for retirees. Let's assume you just maybe sold a home or you received an inheritance. You had this big chunk of money. 
maybe you're not working so much uh, at these days, you don't have an active income and you need income to pay the bills. This is a very logical choice in my opinion. You also have people that are younger as well. Uh, take for example, Adrian appear on the channel, appear that we talk about here on the channel from the passive income investing channel. Although he is younger and kind of in the swing of life, he prioritizes a strategy on cash flow, and it's not so much about what my value of my investments end up sitting at. I want to build up that cash flow stream, and this is one of his more favorite holds, uh, clearly because it does do an exceptional job of spinning you that off. Now. If we scroll down here, I want to go back to kind of more of the, the highlights. We'll talk about performance in just a moment. We see here all of these Ds represent distributions that are paid or dividends you could look at, but technically the term is a distribution. These are the cash flows that you're getting paid on a monthly basis. You can look at the actual dollar amount. Of course, this corresponds directly with the yield that you're paying, depending on where the shares are trading at relative to how much distribution they're paying out. I want to scroll down to basically understand what we own. And as mentioned, it is a Canadian focused ETF and you do see a lot of similarities. We know the big banks and insurance companies here in Canada are massive. We know energy and gold. These natural resources are a huge part and this does a great job of replicating that. You do see a few things that I would say are slight outliers. So it's again, not a one-to-one -one comparable with the Canadian market, but nevertheless, you are getting those key areas that a Canadian investor would be focused on. Again, not to jump the gun, but with HILD, HYLD, excuse me, you'll notice it's a much more diverse breakdown, very much like the S&P, which is why I think any investor, for the most part, should consider having elements of both geographical areas. We see a much bigger weight into technologies, which here in Canada, you know, we don't have the strongest technology companies other than maybe a, a Shopify, uh, as you well know. But within these holdings, I've actually just pulled up a few of them just so that we have an understanding. Now, we're not going to go through every one. But case in point being is that you own seven various funds and within these funds, we can obviously go through and understand, you know, break it down to see, well, what do we own within the portfolio? This is the CI Global Asset Management Fund. This is their energy giants fund. So a fund that focuses on energy. What you'll notice here and what jumps out to me is, again, this is Canadian, a Canadian fund, don't get me wrong, but we do see half the portfolio invest in the US, you know, 40% of it in international equities, 13% coming in in Canada. So this fund in particular actually gives you that international and, and foreign and US exposure within the realm of the big uh, portfolio. Here's a, actually probably a better way I should have looked at it, uh, geographical allocation right there. We see the various uh, areas. We can see all the different holdings that we would own inherently through this fund. Now, this fund in and of itself is a covered call fund. They are writing covered calls. This all ultimately gets spun through to you as an investor. Again, HDIV is kind of just like this all-in-one package deal, which is very fascinating and a very cool product coming here to the Canadian scene. A lot of you would be familiar with the fund ZWB, which is, of course, the B-mode covered call Canadian Banks ETF. The name says it itself with this one. Uh, you're going to be investing in the big Canadian banks. If we scroll down here to the holdings, I might have actually had to tab over to uh, holdings over here. Well, this one is going to be pretty much entirely weighted to Canada. So different than the previous fund, but you're going to own stocks like National Bank, uh, Royal Bank, uh, BMO, TD Bank, Bank of Nova Scotia, CIBC, you name it as well. They have their BMO Equal Weight Bank ETF ZEB. This is the one without the covered calls. But of course, again, they are writing covered calls on all of these. Case in point being is that if you take the time to understand what you own, which you have to do if you are a DIY investor, you can look down and see all of these various names that you're going to have scattered across all of the different areas that an investor may be uh, interested in. 
and all you have to do out all you have to do is go out and buy one product that essentially gives you exposure to all these these are all the gold companies of course because this is a gold fund you got your newmonts you got your barrack golds your miners everything that you'd need there and in conjunction like if you looked at all of this this fund with of course the boost with the modest leverage that they apply is currently yielding you about 9.68%. Now I had a couple of in-depth discussions with the Hamilton team talking about this yield and I posed the question straight up because I wanted to get the information right for you guys. I said, how sustainable are these yields? You know, I know so many people of our YouTube channel like this fund and we're seeing it grow in popularity. For a new fund, we see 300 million in assets. Again, for a fund accepted just, you know, a year or so ago, uh, July, 2021 very, very fast pace, growing in popularity. You know, I wanted to ask, well, how sustainable is this? And they gave me a really good answer. You know, as with any dividend, nothing is guaranteed, whether it's a distribution for a fund, whether it's a dividend from a, a company like Disney or Procter & Gamble, a dividend is not guaranteed money. But companies that do opt to pay a dividend, they do whatever they can in most respects to try and sustain these dividends. They do not like cutting their dividends by any means. And the answer that Hamilton gave me did put me a lot at ease when they talked about two main things. They said two things to consider about these dividends. For one, they talked about diversification, right? It's one thing if you own one stock or even one fund for that matter that invests in a number of companies, well, you are rather concentrated in a specific area. And if something were to happen to that area or these companies or these, well, you are of course subject to more concentrated risk of a dividend cut happening or a distribution cut happening. Now, amongst these seven different funds, and again, we can look in and see the hundreds and hundreds of holdings across the board that you would be getting exposure to via, of course, this umbrella-like product. Well, you are diversified across all different areas of the market. And that diversification aspect definitely helps smooth out that cost. If there were to be a dividend cut amongst one of the companies or a number of the companies, you still have hundreds of others to draw from. Again, especially going into a challenging time like we are now, that is to be expected at the end of the day, but that is one thing to consider. You are so diverse. The diversification helps play a part. The second thing that I think is uh, equally as important, if not more, is that when you look at the underlying holdings, these are some of the highest quality blue chip names that you'll come across. To take a look at ZWB, and you guys can make your own decisions for yourself, but a lot of people would consider the Canadian banks some of the safest dividend payers out there. It's different if you're going out and buying, you know, more sketchy companies, companies that aren't as proven, maybe some of the smaller or mid caps, if you will. But the underlying holdings, whether it be the banks or whether it be any of these funds, you know, a ConocoPhillips, a Suncor Energy, a ExxonMobil, these are some of the highest quality blue chip stocks that you own. And basically what you're betting on in that case is that maybe these companies end up cutting their dividend, therefore these funds generate yes, less yield, therefore HDF is unable to pay, uh, you know, their target uh, distribution out to the various investors. Now, even if they didn't generate as much yield as what they are targeting or what their goals are, they still have options in terms of how they can get that out. But nevertheless, I think that is a good question that I, that's a good answer that I wanted to share with you guys in terms of how are these dividends sustainable? Yes, the distributions are high in the eyes of many investors. But if we believe in the underlying holdings of these various funds, we believe they can generate this income that ultimately can be passed down through. Now, I want to talk for a moment about fees. I'll first actually before that mention a medium risk rating. People tend to think that when you deal with options, you deal with leverage, you're automatically playing in a risky field. Now, I've done multiple videos on covered calls and covered call ETFs. Essentially, these are one of the more conservative strategies 
in regards to options to essentially help you generate additional yield. Yes, there are downsides in terms of your, your stocks getting called away in some cases, maybe not participating in the, the most upside, but ultimately a risk rating here sitting at medium that kind of summarizes where you'd be sitting at is, is by no means a, a high risk or a, or a speculative fund actually far from that right in that middle ground again suitable for a lot of investors out there but i did say let's talk about fees because this is one that i did question them on as well i wanted to get the information right for you guys and i saw this management fee of 0.65 percent very in line with what you'd expect when you have a new innovative fund kind of doing different things. It's one thing if you're going to go invest in a broad market ETF, like a TSX or S&P fund, those are going to be obviously dirt cheap, but they also don't have a lot going on. They're just, uh, you're essentially just tracking the index at that point. Well, this fund does have a lot going on, whether it be the due diligence and research required to find the best funds to constantly be monitoring it. Obviously there's the element of leverage and covered calls baked in throughout all these portfolios. Yes, they do have uh, more, more needs, if you will. There is more to it than just a simple broad-based fund. Hence, I would say this is a very fair MER. Now, the question then poses is what about these funds? Because these are all independent funds, right? We can go out and buy these if you wanted to, and a lot of investors may. Well, these funds charge their own underlying fees as well. And essentially what's important to understand is that when you invest in Hamilton ETFs, this is their management fee. There also will be fees underlying. And I asked them, I said, for my viewers, what is that range that they can expect to pay? You know, if you were to give an average, let's say for 2023 going forward, with the management fee here on Hamilton's end and with these fees, the number that was landed on was somewhere approximately in the 1.20% range. So 120 basis points. I'll put that up on the screen. That's the number that I want you to have in mind. And it isn't quite a perfect mathematical equation. We actually had, by the way, a one hour long discussion specifically on fees because I really wanted to understand this. And in, in summary, what happens is because this fund is growing uh, you know, so rapidly and because they're investing sizable dollar figures into these various funds, in many cases, they are actually able to get you know fee rebates Debates, uh, use their negotiating power, if you will, to essentially get better pricing on these fees, uh, on these on these underlying fees. Meaning that if uh, you know the average investor, you and I were to go out and buy such and such fund, we'd probably get quoted such and such amount. Well, because they have millions and millions of dollars that they're allocating to these funds, hey these funds want to make money too. They don't want to uh, lose that client, if you will. And they are able to talk that down. But ballpark, what you'd be looking at is about 1.20%. And I think that's a great number for you to have in your mind. This goes for both HDIV and HYLD. The final point of that is that because there is margin involved, this is obviously a leverage fund, there is the cost of margin, which is something to be considered as well. Now, of course, depending on what account you're investing in, if you're investing in a non-registered account, well, that is of course tax deductible. You can, uh, you know, that is interest used to invest that can be tax deducted. That would come down more or less to, you know, what account you're investing in and maybe more applicable to others. But what I have on the screen here, this is the number that I want you to keep in mind. And I don't want you to think that you are paying 0.65 because you are paying a little bit more. What I would say to that though, is, is that a fair fee? In my opinion, whenever you look at fees, you always have to understand, you know, you pay for what you get, right? That's just my motto in life. That's my motto in investing. You invest such and such amount, but what are you going to get for that? And whenever you see any type of performance or returns, so for example, since, since the inception of this fund, we see a 6.71% uh, return. How it works in Canada, I believe this is the same for the US, but certainly in Canada for any of these marketing materials or websites, these fund providers, these returns have to be stated net of fees. So when I see, for example, a yield that I'm receiving, a dividend, a distribution, or my all-time return or any of these, these are after fees. 
okay? So in theory, if they charged a 5% fee and still yielded a 6% return, well, actually they made 11% and this is what you see. This is what we take in as investors. So we can base our decisions ultimately off of this, understanding that they are net of fees. That's just something that I would like to point out because I think it is important. Nevertheless, as mentioned, this is a new product in Canada and one that can honestly fill a very big void in portfolios. And for a lot of investors, they think it is very, very fair to simply go ahead and pay such and such a fee to get exposure to a fund like this. I'll quickly toggle over to the distributions. This is obviously very, very important. This is why you're investing in this fund at the end of the day. As we see monthly distributions, you can go back to essentially when they started the fund. On the right here, we see the amount on the top uh, toggle here, amount. Here's about a 12 cent uh, distribution, 12.5. We see that this was increased from 11.75 and so on and so forth. So with that said, I wanna toggle over to HYLD because again, this is a fund that would very much be you know, complementary to this. And in fact, what you'll see a lot of investors do is literally marry this up with a 50-50 split. Concept being that, hey, HDIV covers your Canadian exposure and HYLD or HYLD, this gives you the US exposure, right? And HYLD, well, this of course gives you the US exposure, the enhanced US covered call ETF. Again, we're gonna see basically the, the exact same thing, but of course with different underlying holdings, same strategy, same concept, returns, again, we're gonna finish off this talk with this, or actually have an in-depth talk on returns. But as you can see, they boast here, you know, a 14.25% yield versus the S&P 1.72. Again, that's just their way of spinning it because this is what they prioritize. They prioritize income versus, of course, the standard S&P 500. But if we look down here, we see a vast difference in the sector allocation with technology coming in quite high, 30% of the portfolio, healthcare coming in at the next biggest at 17.4%, excuse me, consumer discretionary, financials, again, we've already got this covered uh, in many respects to you know the Canadian banks, uh, communications, industrials, et cetera. One of the things you may have noticed if you take the time to look at these holdings, this JEPI fund, a very popular fund amongst uh, income investors, especially out in the States, because again, this is a you know American fund, but a lot of Canadians will own this. Uh, we can stay on the US site here. This is one obviously provided by JP Morgan Asset Management. We'll give it a moment to load. You see this fund in and of itself, they boast high yields already. If we go look at what this fund owns by just toggling over to the portfolio tab, you were gonna see some of the top names once again, but obviously looking at the American market for the most part. So companies like MasterCard, companies like Bristol Myers Squibb, Coca-Cola, Hershey's, Comcast, your blue chip companies. What you'll notice about this fund is you see the distribution of assets. This is a very diverse fund. Uh, with the largest position, top 10 holdings only making up two. Again, buying into that asset allocation, buying into that uh, diversification aspect, uh, if you will. This is just one of the many ones. And again, we're not gonna go through every single one, but this was one of the newer additions that I would like to point out. We will see down below essentially a carbon copy of what we just covered, the medium risk rating, the same management fee that would apply with the discussion we had with HDIV. Similar asset size, this one is a little bit bigger, but a significantly higher yield. And this one has actually sold off uh, significantly more. I guess that can transition more or less onto the chat of total returns and chat of, hey, well, who is this fund for? Because like I said, I wanna give you guys the details, the overview, which we have now covered. Now I wanna talk and answer the question, well, is this a good fund or funds or investment for you? And long story short, let's hop over to this platform called Coifin. This is one of my favorite uh, sources to use when comparing various stock uh, quotes and performances over time. Here we have HDIV. So HDIV, 
what I've done is actually compare that up to XIU, which I'm using as a proxy. This is basically an ETF that tracks the TSX 60, right? So the Canadian market. And I think these are two very fair comparables. And what you'll notice is that uh, over this, this sample size, we can go basically over various time periods, but this one goes back to, again, these are newer funds, but 2021, excuse me. What we see is that HDIF has actually outperformed XIU from a total return basis. Now, for those that are not familiar with total return, this is something I always talk about. There's two ways we make uh, money with stocks, right? The stock price either goes up, so asset appreciation, capital appreciation, or depreciation. Well, we also have to factor in the dividends or the income or distributions that we're receiving. Well, total return factors in all of that. And what we see is, I don't know why they disappeared here, but what we see is over this period, HDF has returned 12% versus the S&P at 6%. So this is actually a very promising return over this sample size. I have here five years, but really it's only, you know, since the fund was launched back in 2021, this has actually been an outperformer. This metric is extremely telling because a lot of times on the internet, You'll hear bashes about, oh, these stocks go down in value, the share price may erode. In some cases, absolutely yes, but also in many cases, the leverage and these covered calls can work in your favor when when you do factor in that income, you actually are outperforming. And in this case, in this sample size, we have seen that to be true. Now I'll toggle over here to HYLD, the American counterpart. This one again does have a shorter sample size even than HDIV. In this case, we see very similar performance. This time, HYLD does come a little bit lower in uh, versus VSP, which is the Vanguard S&P 500 index ETF, which is, again, just the proxy that I'm using. But long story short is that when you compare the total return, they do come into very similar ballparks. Now, this is a short sample size. Again, we're looking over one year, and time will tell where this diverges, what ends up being the better investment, of course. But to me, that's actually the wrong way to look at it. You know, these funds are built and they are structured to produce income and they should be invested in investors who are seeking income. That should be part of your investment strategy. As mentioned at the top, this may be great for retirees, maybe great for someone with inheritance or somebody that's just looking to build up the cash flow and the dollar values is not as important to them. And I had this funny thought, I don't know how, you know, how practical it is, but you know, I thought, for example, imagine how funny it would be if, if me and my wife were wanting to go get, you know, tacos, right? Like we wanted to go, you know, we wanted taco, uh, taco Tuesday, right? Tacos, burritos. We're like, you know what? That's what we're feeling like today. And then we went over to our local, you know, Chinese restaurant in Richmond, which is where I'm from. Imagine walking into a Chinese restaurant and asking them for tacos or asking them for a burrito. And they'd probably look at you all funny and they'd say, you know, like, what the heck? They'd, this guy looks actually more... Uh, Japanese, but uh, yeah, could be wrong. Who knows? Case in point being is like, you know, we're, we're going to the wrong place in that case. That's our, that's our fault. If we go to a Chinese restaurant and we're looking for tacos and burritos, I think this happens a lot when it comes to these funds. This is a fund that I think is a phenomenal option that will get you that yield. Again, in my opinion, in a very medium risk fashion, very diverse, great quality names, with a modest amount of leverage, this would give you your Canadian exposure. Again, you complement that up with a HYLD. Well, your portfolio has been structured to spin you off yield. These two funds, I believe, are definitely worth considering more. I will, again, link them down below if you'd like to check them out. That is HDIV for the Canadian one and HYLD. If you guys enjoyed this video, give it a thumbs up. Let me know your thoughts down in the comment section below. As always, be sure to check out the Investing Academy, which is also linked down below. You can follow me over on Blossom. That is down in the description as well. 
But as always, I thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed my thoughts, and I'll see you in the next video.